Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. been tracking with us over the past couple of weeks or more, even over the past month or so, I've been talking with you all about rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty like Jesus got dirty with others. I've been talking to you about not just coming and sitting here on a Sunday morning in the service and and that be the sum total of your Christianity. I've been talking to you about getting in the mix, getting in the business of others and serving But I realize this, none of us can do it or will do it if we don't confront and deal with our own mess. It's it's hard for me to care for somebody when I got my own issues. It's, It's hard for me to show up and volunteer my time when I have some pressing issues of my own. And so today I want to talk about looking at yourself. Now, 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 if you're not familiar with selfie, this whole thing, selfie, is a, is, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that happened where you take a picture with your phone and you post it on social media. And one of the main outlets to do this is a place called Instagram. And, and just so you know how popular this is, and our Instagram is worldwide, but just to show you how popular this selfie thing is, I checked just this morning. Let me, let me look at my numbers here just so I'll make sure I got them right. I checked just this morning to see how many people just this morning have used the hashtag selfie. Y'all ready? Over 105,796,384 people have used that hashtag selfie. In other words, over 100 million people in the world are sort of stuck on themselves. Is that, is that it? Over 100 million people have done this. Click, post, hashtag selfie. Click, post, hashtag selfie. And, and I won't say that they're stuck on themselves, but, you know, over 100 million people in the world have taken a picture of themselves, posted on, Insta, on social media, used the hashtag selfie. And here's the thing. We look at them. That's why they do it. Most of these people have tens and thousands of followers, tens and thousands of people who click like on their, on their pictures. I'm one of them, I'm sure. I go to social media, to Instagram. It's one of my favorite things. If you all don't know, I'm currently in this fitness thing with myself, me and myself trying to get ourselves together. And we're working out and we're eating right. 
So, 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 and we, and we reading the Bible and getting deep in our devotion. So we're trying to make ourselves right. Me, myself, and I, all three of us. And, and so I, I go to Instagram and, and I go there and I specifically look for people that look like I, I look now or how I used to look. People that have what we call the mushroom top. Y'all don't know about the mushroom top? Muffin top, that's it. Th- thank you very much. See, the trainer corrected me. She knows what I'm talking about. The muffin top. And I look and say, hey, I got a muffin top. Let me find people that used to have a muffin top that now have like the eight or ten pack. Because six packs are old school. Y'all do know that, right? They don't do six packs anymore. Scott, you got to have eight or ten. That's the only way it counts. If you got six, you got work to do. Okay? You got work to do. You need to see C. James or something at CrossFit. They get you ten in a minute. <laughs> And so when I look for those people, I want to see, well, I want to see their before and after because that gives me hope that I can do it. It's like he had or she had the muffin top, but now they got a 10-pack. So I look at it to follow and see what they're doing. What are they eating? What is their workout regimen, you know, regimen? And, 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 you know, what times are they eating and what times are they working out and what are they staying away from? So I'm on there for that. I really am. It motivates me. It it really does. But sometimes you come across people that do this other thing called a Belfie. And I've come to realize that the Belfie, I've lied to you all, the Belfie is not just this shot. Remember I told you that was a shot where you just take a picture of your behind, right, and how it's toned? That's not it. The Belfie is also the men. It's like the buff men. So when you see a man post Belfie, he's posting his buffness. Hashtag Belfie is the women posting the behind. They want the J-Lo situation. And the men posting the chest, the abs and all of that, they want the buff situation. So Belfie is that. So when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm saying, look at all of these people. You know, are they showing out or are they trying to motivate people? And some of them are doing that. But here's what I want to share with you all. When we look at this stuff on Instagram, and we look at this stuff as social media. We look at, at the lives of people. We see families together. We see, we see uh, uh, happy couples. We see buff people. And if they don't show you their before shot, we assume that, wow, they just were born perfect. They just were born that way. They were born without... That, that couple, that, that, that family that did a, a, a family... What are they going to... They're going to create a name for that. If not, I'm going to be the first so I can claim it. A family Elfie or something. I don't know. But the family that takes their little group shot together and they look, oh, so happy. We don't know that probably this morning mom and dad had beef. They had a disagreement. They, 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 matter of fact, we don't know if mom and dad even slept in the same bed. Or, or, or you see somebody posting a picture with all of their friends, but that's probably the first time they've been with that many people in one setting in over a year. Or we see friends hugging and loving each other, and, and, and the truth is they're probably lonely otherwise. We don't know the backstory. When we look at Instagram, we only get to see their highlight reel. And a lot of times it can be inspirational, but it can also be discouraging. My goal today is not to preach about the theology of the selfie. My goal today is not to preach about the theology of self-awareness, but my goal is to get you to a place where you are comfortable in your own skin so that we can do the work that God has called us to do. See, there's an end to this. I want you to, be, I want you to post your selfie and look at your selfie and be like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with who I am. Listen, if I don't ever get the eight-pack and I just stick with the six, I'm cool with that. 
But if my muffin top never goes away, I'm cool with that too. As long as the doctor says my heart is good, my cholesterol is where it needs to be, uh, my wife or my husband still finds me attractive, I'm okay with all of my imperfections because God still loves me. I wanted to get you to a place where all that stuff doesn't matter. I often say, I said this one time to somebody as a joke, I, I was out running one day and, and this brother just ran up on me. You know, there's a group of brothers that like to run, um, it's called Black Men Run Atlanta or something like that. And so the brother ran up on me and we're talking and we were talking and uh, he asked what I did. I told him I was a pastor and we just had some dialogue. I said, wouldn't it be funny if Jesus came back, like if he just came back today and just walk, went to a park and be like, why is everybody running? What are they running from? Because everybody's running. You know, in Jesus' time, they wasn't running. What were they running? They didn't need to run. They walked everywhere. But it'd be funny. Jesus just pop up. Bam. Yo, what's going on? What are everybody running from? Why is everybody running? Where are we in a rush to? There's some theology behind that. Because the truth of the matter is that we are in a rush. Many countries, they don't run everywhere. They don't, they don't do this just to do it. It's, you know, they walk half, half, to half, half the places they have to go. But we, because of the food we eat, the access to it, we, we have to be intentional about working out. Anyway, what I want to talk to you about, let's talk a little bit about this selfie stuff. The oldest selfie, who can guess when the oldest selfie was ever posted or created? Nobody has to guess, I'll tell you. The oldest selfie ever created, known to man, was in 1839 by a gentleman by the name of Robert Cornelius. Robert Cornelius, the very first selfie ever invented, very first self-portrait ever created. Robert Cornelius, he was a silver plate and metal polisher, very first one. Selfie, the popularity of the selfies has gotten so deep that even some of our formal generals in, in the United States have posted selfies in their younger years, like General Colin Powell. Back in the early 50s, and you'll see that, look at that handsome guy there. Back in the 50s, that was his selfie. The first selfie, former General Colin Powell. It was, it, it's so popular even amongst political figures and entertainers and even religious leaders. There's, there's even one I saw, uh, there's a, when, when groups post selfies together, they call it a groupie. Don't, don't mix that up, okay? Don't mix that up. It's just a group shot. And so there was a picture of Pope Francis. He's like one of the coolest popes ever, in my opinion, where he's with a group of people. Look, look at Pope Francis. No other pope had ever done that. That's, I, I like him. I would like to hang out with him one day. He seemed like he'd be pretty cool to hang out with. He did a groupie, right? Look at, look at Pope Francis. The, the popularity of taking these self-images and say, look at me, look where I'm at, look at who I'm hanging out with, look at what I'm doing has become so popular amongst people. Watch this. It's so popular even amongst celebrities that, you know, you, you attend award shows, and then there's a group of celebrities that decide at the Oscars that they were going to do a groupie. Look at that. Don't you love that? Look at that. So fun. It's so cool. Look at all. I love Ellen, by the way. She's one of my favorites, man. I love Ellen. Say what you want to say, but she is awesome to me. But that's a nice groupie. But one of my favorite groupies ever is the Mosaic groupie. Y'all never saw the Mosaic groupie? Watch the Mosaic groupie. Yeah, yeah. Show them the Mosaic groupie. Look at that. That's dope, right? That's a real groupie. Look, look at that. Huh? That's the crew. Look, I see Gus in there. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. We join the crew. Look at Tia. And is, is that my wife up there? Yeah, there's my wife in there. Oh, there she is over there too. Yes. My favorite groupie is the Mosaic groupie. 
Don't mix it up. Y'all, y'all, what's wrong with y'all this morning? We just, come on now. Listen, it's not about the selfie today. It's not about trying to entertain or, 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 or pretend to be something you're not. It's not about any of that stuff. Why are we so caught up in these selfies? Why, why do we go and look at this stuff? Why are we so caught up in what somebody else is doing or how they're living their life? What, what causes us to go to Instagram or, or, or click like on somebody's picture on Facebook? What causes us to do that? Here's a couple thoughts behind that, if you don't mind. I think we're so enraptured in, in, in with the selfies. Here's one. If you're taking notes, they're in your seats. The first one I want to share with you, here's what I think. Here's my theology and my thought behind it. And you can disagree, but I would say, no, I think I'm pretty accurate. We are all messy people with messy lives. We are all messy people with messy lives. All of us. One of, one of the things I love, it's not our models, but it's a couple churches, I've seen them use this as their model. And they say this. No perfect people allowed. I wanted to use that for us. But I was like, I don't need to say that because I think it's kind of obvious when you look over this room that we are a bunch of flawed, imperfect people. Now, we may have perfect moments. We may have moments that are just like superior where everything seems to line up. Everything is connecting. We find a sweet spot in our lives and like all the stars are aligned and wow, if this is as good as it gets, I don't need any more. We find we all have those seasons. But for the most part, our lives are messy. Every time we get in our cars, right, and go out into the world, which is dark, and we become a part of the dark world, yeah, we just entered some mess. When we have a disagreement with a coworker or friend, you don't like something to pastor say, which I know that's not y'all, I'm talking about the church down the street. It's messy. We are messy people with messy lives, as this simply means that we're imperfect and that we are practicing Christians. And what I mean by that is that we are Christians that are trying our best to reach and please God with all of our, our, all of our, everything that is in us, all of our talent, all of our gifts, all of our resources. We are imperfect people trying to be perfect for a perfect God. But as long as we're on this side of heaven, we're going to miss it. And that's what makes us messy. And that's what makes our lives messy because we encounter messy people every day just like us. But what sets you apart is that you have a relationship with Christ and some of those people don't. And you get to be the light in their dark world. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, so one of the reasons why we look at Instagram and Facebook and all of this stuff is because we're messy people. You know why reality TV is so popular? We like seeing somebody else just as ratchet as we are. Let me fix that. We like to see, because none of y'all are quite as ratchet as some of the stuff I saw. We like to see people more ratchet than we are, right? I know y'all ain't doing the shower pole stuff, right? Oh, don't pretend y'all don't know what I'm talking about. All right, all you holy folk. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we, we look at this stuff because we want to see how ratchet their lives Like, wow, they got money, and they're still ratchet. They have money, but they still are, are, are lacking class. 
We also turn to this stuff because we want to see how, how the potential in, 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 in us having a different life or a better life or a different outcome. We want to see how, I want to see that transformation. When I look at Instagram and I see the person with the muffin top, I want to see that transformation happen for them. So then I can say, okay, cool. And I love the people that are honest about it. Like there's this one brother I follow, um, Reef. Reef411 is his name. And I, I follow him because he's brutally honest. He's just like, man, I slipped up. I had a whole pint of ice cream. I was going to have a spoonful, but I just couldn't stop. But the brother got like a 12-pack, real talk. I mean, he's chiseled like, like somebody just, I mean, just incredible. But he wasn't always that way. And what I love about it is he's like, this didn't happen in 90 days. Contrary to popular belief, didn't happen in 90 days. Matter of fact, this is two years in the making and I still struggle. Even with the 12-pack, even with the chisel, even with the, the pecs and all of this stuff, I still struggle. And every now and again, he'll have him some ice cream. And I'm like, thank you. So if I slip, I'm good. I, I, I can still look like you about five years because I'm not just that committed. You got, and plus, I'm about 10 years your senior or more. He's like 25. I'll be 40. So it's like, more, that's more than 10 years. So it's like, yeah, you know, my metabolism kind of starting to slow down a tad. You know, you still, you know, you can do all that stuff, you know. And no kids. I got four. You know, there's big differences in our lifestyle. So about five, maybe six years. I may see, and I looked in the mirror the other day because I'm eating right, and I saw like two, two, two little knots right here. Come on now. Come. Bow. Bow. And a part of me wants to do that pose, but I don't want to be accused of being like uh, certain religious leaders who posted selfies. <laughs> I won't say any names because I don't want to be sued if they're listening. Here's the other thing I want to share with you. Here's another thought about that. I wanted to know, let you know, even though you look at this and you see this and you may say, you know what, I want a little bit of that or I wish that I could work out. I wish that I could have the 12-pack. I want to let you know this. Watch this. You are doing better than you think you are. You are currently doing better than you think you are. I often feel like I'm not doing enough. My gut just won't leave me. I'm like, man, can I, can I cut it off? And it just goes away. And I've come to realize it's one of the hardest things to lose. Even Reef, who, who has over several thousand followers or more, he responds back to you if you send him a message and whatever on Instagram, and I love it. And he's like, yeah, man, the gut, you know, that's cardio and all that, but it's the hardest thing to lose. And then when I do my little thing, I look and I see somebody, like, post eyeballs, and I'm watching you and hand claps on my thing. And that's Akiko just, like, cheering me on. I'm like, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. You know, God is really working in me. I love it, I love it. And, you know, I see these things, and it inspires me. Or, or I hear some, or, or my wife will say something, it inspires me. And I'll tell you, every day I get up, it's hard to get up to work out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's hard. And then, and then I'm the only one in the house on the diet. And you people consistently want to bring sweets to my house, knowing I'm, um, ah, I'm going to just like no longer let you in. I tried yesterday to avoid a birthday party, but they insisted I come, and I sat there, and Gus kept talking me away from the cake. No cake, though. And most of it was vegetables, right? I'm sorry. 
But thank you, Gus, for helping me fight that. That cake just kept saying, eat me, eat me, work harder, but eat me. And I said, no, that's the devil, and the devil is a liar. I'm going to preach my way through this thing. <laughs> and Tina, you're not supposed to tell on me. I thought we had a situation. All right. Listen, you are doing better than you think you are. When I don't think I'm doing enough, when I think that I'm, that, that I'm getting weak, and when I think that I ate two plates and somebody told on me, I'm still, she ate four. <laughs> I'm doing better than I think I'm doing. And that's the same thing for you. You may look at your life today and say, you know what, man, you know, Back in the day, man, I used to be so good at this. I used to remember, my memory used to be like this, or I used to could knock this out in, in that amount of time, or back in the day, I was really good at networking or whatever. You get to think, and he's like, you know what, man, I need to get back to that place. And it's like, no, you're doing better than you think you are. Because I guarantee while you're thinking that you're not doing good enough, there's somebody right now 10 times worse than you. I was having that conversation with some people this morning while we were praying, and, and I said, you know what? They asked me, said, how's your week been, Pastor B? And I said, you know what? It's been cool, I guess. Like, what do you mean, I guess? I said, you know, it's just been pretty heavy on me, but what keeps me going is thinking that somebody else is doing far worse than me. All my kids are healthy. I got some food in the refrigerator. I can put a little bit of gas in my car. I'm breathing on my own. I'm walking on my own. Somebody ain't doing half of that. I'm all right. So I want to offer to you today, you're doing better than you think you are, even in your mess, even in your current situation. You are doing better than you think you are. I got some other news for you. You are also doing worse than you think you are. You are also doing worse than you think you are. Pastor B, is that possible? How how can I be doing better and worse at the same time? And I want to tell you this, some of you all are so freaking successful. Some of you all are so freaking accomplished. Some of you all got more money than you can count. Some of you. Some of y'all are just so blessed you've traveled the world. I mean, you're doing so well, and you've plateaued. And once you plateau, great philosophers would say, once you've learned all you can learn, then you're dead. Life is over. There's nothing else. And if you're at that point in your life, you've accomplished everything you set forth. You've set forth. You've accomplished all your own personal goals. You've achieved all your own personal things you set out to achieve. I want to tell you, you're doing worse than you think you are. You've accomplished your plans, but have you accomplished the plans that God has for you? And until you accomplish that, you are doing worse than you think you are. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm not saying it in a bad, bad way. But what I am saying is that there's still yet work to do. The fact that you woke up this morning says that God still has an assignment for you that you've yet to complete. So you need to connect with what that is and get busy. There's still yet work for you to do. You are doing worse than you think you are. Like I said, we all hit those sweet spots in life. You know, every now and again, we had that sweet spot where all 
all the stars are aligned. Everything's going good. You know, you and your spouse, everything is good. The kids are all bringing AAs in and, you know, getting all type of uh, awards at school. And, you know, you, you got more money in the bank than you have month this time. Normally it's the ver- reverse. You got more month than money. But this time you got more money than month and you don't even know what to do with yourself. You done taken your vacation and you still got left over. You hit a sweet spot in your life. And then you come back from vacation and the boss says, I'm promoting you. You're like, whoa, man, can it get any better than this? And when you're at that point, that's when you're doing worse than you think you are. To whom much is given, much is required. So everything, every step of the way, every time you are promoted, there's much more for you to do. And that's even spiritually. Please understand that. The, the more, now, don't get intimidated. I don't want you all to say, I'm going to stop reading the Bible. I, I'm good where I'm at, Pastor. I don't want to learn no more because that means I'm going to do more work. Yes, you should want that. You should all desire that. You should crave that. That should burden you to want way more than what you currently have. And here's the thing. As you grow as a Christian, as you become stronger in your faith, as you begin to minister to people, as you begin to use all the talents and gifts that God has given you, he is certainly going to require way more from you than he does right now. It's the same thing for those who are parents. Once your kid starts walking, you already want them to start doing something else. All right, you're walking, potty training. Got the potty training nail. Now we got potty training nail. Let's start reading. You can identify these words and these shapes and these colors. Cool. Now let's start seeing if we can add these things up. Oh, man, you got it, baby. Now let's see if you can spell. You constantly want more and more as your child grows. Am I right about it? Well, we're God's children. What makes you think any different than, than that then? He requires the same thing from us. As we grow, I want more of you because I want you to leave my footprint in the world. You have to do that. So this is why we get caught up in the whole selfie thing. We are messy people with messy lives, and we like to see other people's lives that are just as messy or messier. You're doing better than you think you are, and you're doing worse than you think you are. I want you all to say this with me. This is what's what we're going to leave with today. I'm not done, but this is what we'll be holding on to for the day. When we embrace the mess, we're preparing to be blessed. Say that with me. When we embrace the mess, we're preparing to be blessed. We embrace the mess, we're preparing to be blessed. I want you all to think about that. Get that in your spirit. I want to share some scripture with you, and we're going to talk about embracing the mess so that we can be blessed. We're preparing for it. Here it is. I'm going to read from um, John 9 beginning with verse 1, says this. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was the man born blind? Was it because of his sins or his parents' sins? Jesus says it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Let me stop right there. You got to understand this. This man was born blind. We read stories in the Bible where a man, uh, uh, where people were blind, whatever, maybe they weren't born that way. But back in this time, it was, it was common Jewish culture that they believed that if, su- if there was suffering or calamity, somebody did something wrong. Back in the Jewish culture during this time, if you were blind, if you had leprosy, if you had the, the, the issue of uh, bleeding, whatever it was, if you, if you were missing a limb, if you were born with just four fingers or something like that, somebody in your generation, if it wasn't you, 
obviously wasn't in his case, he was born that way, have sinned. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It didn't happen because of that. Right then, Jesus changed everything that Jews believed at that point. He flipped it on them. I caught that when I read this, normally I was like, oh, man, you know, you know, he's just trying to tell them about, you know, he's trying to save this guy's identity. He's trying to save, you know, what people think about it, trying to save the blind man's rep. But no, Jesus was changing the culture when he said that. What he was saying, in essence, is like, listen, I know in our culture, for centuries now, we've believed that when storms came or when there was a drought, we as a people did something to disrupt or upset God. And Jesus is saying, that's not the case. Erase that out of your mind. Because this man was blind, let me show you what really happened. It gives God the opportunity to be glorified. Watch what is going to happen here. He's saying, I know y'all believed that because this man was blind, somebody in his family did something. It's not true. I will heal him. And once I heal him through the power of our God, you will see that it's not because of something he did or anything like that, but he is healed because he believes in the healing, in my healing power. I want to change everything you ever thought before, all of the stuff you believed, and let me show you how it really is according to our Father who is in heaven. And, and it, it totally changed the culture. Here's what I want to tell you all about this. I just, I, 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 you got to get this real quick. We live in a fallen world where good behavior is not often rewarded and, and where bad behavior is not often punished, right? I, I've been on that side of the track where it's like, man, why does bad stuff seem to happen to good people all the time? And, and, and why do people who I know don't believe in Christ, who I know just cutting up, who are ratchet, who are just messed up, why are they seeming to be blessed? They don't even go to church. Am I the only? I'm not the only one, right? I got a witness in here. Well, we feel that way like, goodness, why is all the bad stuff happening to good people? And I want to say this to you. Sometimes innocent people suffer. But here, here's the reason. Watch this. If God removed suffering whenever we asked, we would follow him out of comfort and convenience, not out of love and devotion. In other words, oh, I'm having a bad day. God, make it better. Okay, boom, it's better. I'm following him because he's acting like a genie, Right? Every time I'm having a, a disagreement, God, I want this job, and I know they, 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 you know, they don't hire people like me. I know that I'm not qualified, God, but, but, but you know, uh, uh, let me get the job. Okay. And you get the job. And we're only calling on him for convenience because we're trying to do something that matters for us, not him. And we'll be following him as if he was a genie. But you don't get three. You get one all the time. You just keep them in your pocket. Oh, man, uh, my tank is empty. Fill it up, God. Got it. Boom. Oh, man, I want to go to Disney World, but I, I ain't got the money. We're going to Disney World. We will be using him like a genie and not out of love. Because what would happen ultimately is our love would not be for him. It would be for the stuff that he provides for us. And we would get it mixed up. 
So this is why the innocent suffer, so that we can follow God out of love and devotion, not because of what he does for us, but because he first loved us. This is why. This is why the innocent suffer. And, oh, baby, don't think that those people who don't honor God, those people that we think are being blessed because they're, you know, and, and they're ratchet and stuff, oh, don't think that they're, they're not going to have their time. Oh, they're going to have to meet the maker at some point. We all got to meet them, all of us. That's inevitable. We all got to stand before him on judgment day. But what will your record say about you? What did you do here on earth that honored him? I don't care about riches and stuff on here on earth. Because guess what? Once I'm dead and gone, I can't take none of it with me. I can't. I still love one of the most favorite, my, my favorite thing that a friend, friend of mine told me. He says his greatest goal in life was to tithe $1 million. He wasn't even focused on making the 10. You got to make 10 to tithe. You got to make 10 million to give 1 million away, right? He wasn't focused on that. He's focused on giving away $1 million. Why was he focused on that? Because that $1 million will multiply by building up the kingdom of God. But that $10 million, he could do whatever he want with it. But that $1 million is going to feed some people. That $1 million is going to build a school for some people. That $1 million is going to do something great for people who are less than or who are in need of it. And that's what he's focused on. Not what he can spend, but what he can give away. Oh, my goodness, we can learn something from him. What a beautiful thing. Here's what we need to do in our, in, our, in our mess. Watch this. Instead of asking God, why is this happening? Where did I go wrong? Begin asking him for, watch this, begin asking him for strength through the trial, wisdom, and better perspective on the situation. Some, am I the only one who had those moments where it's like, God, why? Why me? I take two steps and I'm, I mean, I'm, I just think everything's going well, but goodness, Why? Why? What did I do now? Instead of asking that, begin to say, you know what, God, grant me some wisdom. Let, let, let me not see with my own eyes, but let me see with heavenly eyes to see what you have in store for me. Why is it in this season I'm going through this? What is the lesson in this, God? What are you teaching me? God, what are you pruning me and building me and molding me and shaping me for? Because I know if, I'm, if this is as low as I can go and, and, and going up is better than this, oh, God, maybe you're preparing me for something that is great. Maybe you're removing some stuff out of my life so that I can have room for what you're getting ready to bless me with. Maybe that's it, God. Give me a different perspective than this hurt and broken one that I currently have. Begin to ask for that, a different perspective and wisdom on why we are going through it, on, on, uh, on wisdom on what we need to see in the situation. Let me continue with this scripture. We must, uh, back to uh, John 4, uh, John 9, verse 4. I'm going to continue with verse 4. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then Jesus, who loves to play in the mud, right? I shared this with y'all for the past couple of weeks. He loves to get dirty. He loves to play in the mud. He spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go, wash yourself in the pool of Salome. Salome means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. That's really interesting to me. Because as I read this, I think about this man who was born blind. He's never, ever had vision at all, right? All he has is what? Sound. 
And he, he knows the sound of Jesus. He knows Jesus' voice. And Jesus is here to heal him. Jesus is here to, 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 to bless him, right? And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come over here. He's heard stories about Jesus. And Jesus is about to bless him. I'm the blind man. I can't see anything. Close your eyes for a minute. All right? Pretend, pretend we're acting and I'm going to be Jesus. I'm going to heal you all. <laughs> right? That's what the blind man heard. Go ahead. You can open your eyes. Jesus was preparing a loogie to spit in the mud and the dirt to make mud. And then, I, and then I'm blind. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Is he all right? Then all of a sudden I feel hands on my eyes. I'm like, oh, no. Is that the loogie? <laughs> can you imagine what the blind man was feeling in that moment? <laughs> He was probably terrified of what's going on. But he didn't run. He said, all right, this I'm going to be healed. I'm going to take it. Smell like Jesus' breath in mud. <laughs> I take it all day long too, but that's a funny visual, isn't it? <laughs> that's kind of funny. This man has never seen. He's healed. Let me tell you something. This is funny. Watch this. This is serious. Sometimes the mud is the means of the miracle. Manure is a really good fertilizer. Sometimes the mud is the means for the miracle. And manure, y'all know what manure is, right? Yeah, manure is a good fertilizer. Isn't that something? That poo waste is one of the best things to help grow some things, and while you're in your mess, and you're going through your stuff, and you're feeling less than, and you're not feeling good about yourself, it's good to embrace your mess and deal with the poo-poo because it's only going to cause you to. Manure is a good fertilizer. So when you find yourself in some mess, embrace it. Because this is your chance to grow. This is your chance to be stronger than when you started. And when we look at Instagram, don't look at people that are just going to show their best. They're showing you their highlight reel. I encourage Instagram. I love it. Like I said, it's helped me. But don't look at somebody's highlight reel. Look at those who have a before and after so you can see the reality. I want to do one thing and then I'm going to come back and say just a few more remarks. And then we're going to wrap. My father, who's one of my greatest heroes all my life, I, particularly when I was in college, he used to write these cards, high school and college. He'd send me, you know, he never just sent me money if I needed something. He never just sent money. He would write these inspirational cards, handwritten. And, you know, the whole thing was just so beautiful how he did it, and I just want to return it to my own sons and my daughters. But uh, he would get these blank cards that would be famous artists, like Romare Bearden or William H. Johnson, these famous Renaissance artists. And, and then he would write some very good, you know, nuggets of wisdom in there. And then sometimes he would end it with an African proverb or something, you know, the, to distract you from the check. You know, the check would be in there, but you're so into the word. It's like, this is deep. And then you look like, oh, and the check. That's like the cherry on the top. That's kind of dope. And so what I want to do is... I want you all to hear my dad today. My dad did a TED Talk in March. And it's funny, uh, he just posted it on Facebook the other day. And 
my wife and I were, you know, uh, in bed just, like, looking at some stuff on the Internet. And she's like, oh, your dad posted a, a TED video. I said, really? I didn't know he did a TED talk at his alma mater, Binghamton University up in New York. And so I said, cool, let's listen to it. And uh, it's called Stray the Path. You know, they say stay on the path. He says stray away from the path. I want to share just about two and a half minutes or so. I'll tell you when to stop of what he's saying because it lines right up with what I'm saying about Instagram and how we see everybody's highlight reel, but we don't see the process of progress. So if you don't mind, uh, we're going to go ahead and watch this. My father, Ruben Santiago Hudson, Tony Award-winning actor and just phenomenal dad. Hello, hello. Go Bearcats. You know, I often wondered what a bear cat was. I didn't know if it was a cat that looked like a bear or a cat that hunted bear or half bear, half cat. Anyway, go Bearcats. Glad to be back in Binghamton. Earlier, Anna touched on something. She looked at the, the theme, Stray the Course, and she, she picked out a word, Stray. And she had so many different things to say about that word. And I was like, wow, fascinated. I said, I'm going to pick out a word, the. No, 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 I'll pick out course. Let me see, course. That's like, you know, going to a class or something, taking instruction. Could be a course, right? Or uh, 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 a path. A path or a, a road, a course, something that you follow to get to a goal. Uh, or a course. Oh, oh, my favorite. Like going to a restaurant, and the chef would like to send you his special five course. Well, thank you. That's my favorite course. Um, <clears throat> So I thought that, you know, to wrap this whole thing up, I wouldn't get too analytical and I wouldn't get too cerebral that I would just have a little conversation with you about that course. Now, when you follow a course, we're all here, I'm sure, because this is a university. We're all here because we have a goal. Now, there is things, there are things in place to achieve that goal that have been tried, true, and proven. That's called the course. That's called the way to get to that goal. And we follow those things, and we all know what they are, you know, working hard. Come on now, working hard, craftsmanship, apprenticing, you know, dedication, perseverance. These things, they've been tried to improve for centuries. This is how you get to success. You have a goal, and how do you achieve that goal? By working toward that goal in each rung of the ladder, achieving more, learning more, stepping higher, stepping forward to reach that goal. So we all know that. What we don't know is, like, you look at a person like me, Ruben Santiago Hudson, took a lot of titles coming out, actor, director, you know, writer, did I start out at all those things? No. Did I look to achieve all those things? No. Those things presented themselves, themselves to me as I went along my course, going for that goal. Now, what you see is and hear about me is my successes. And people think that's what I'm built on, all the things I have achieved. I'm equally built on all the things that I failed at. I'm equally built on all the no's that I received that inspired me to work harder, that inspired me to want to prove more, not to anyone but myself, that I was worthy, that I did measure up, that I, that I did count, that I did matter. The person that you're accountable to the most is yourself, right? So people see, if you look at my resume, my resume has a hundred things of yes. This movie, that Broadway show, that Tony Award, that Yamanitas, that Emmy, that Golden Globe, all the yeses. 
but the 10,000 no's I receive that are equally important to me because they are part of the fabric of who I am are not present. What if my resume was just all my failures? You know what I'm saying? Nobody wouldn't be paying any attention to me. People pay attention because of what I got a yes for, not what I got a no for. My dad, Ruben Santiago Hudson. Imagine that, though. Imagine if everybody's selfie really only showed all of their failures, all of the many times they were denied a job, all the many times that a girl told a guy no, that he was interested in dating, all the many times a girl was ignored for a particular guy she was interested in. Would, would it be over 105 million people posting hashtag selfie then, if we were honest? I would guess and say no. So what I want to say to you all is, I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't. I know some of y'all's business. You're brave enough to share it with me, and thank you. But here's what I do know, that we're all imperfect people, practicing Christians, trying to be our very best for a loving God who sacrificed his own son so that you and I may live. And as long as we're here on this earth, our lives are going to be messy. So let's not get caught up on social media, how, how the next person, how well they're doing. Let's not get, get, get beat down because we see our neighbor's truck uh, moving, truck moving, and they're getting brand new furniture. We see our neighbors pulling the driver with a brand new car. Let's not, let's not be distracted by what others are doing, but be focused on what God is calling us to do that would honor him with our lives. Embrace the mess so that we can be prepared to be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.